counterattacks come David W. Palmer. Both Jesus and John the Baptist forcefully advanced God's kingdom. Predictable, God's enemy tried to regain lost territory by mustering as much of his force as he could, and mounting a counterattack. Matthew 11:12 DKJV From the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven forcefully advances, and the forceful try to seize it back by force. For example, after John's forceful ministry, the enemy imprisoned him and then manipulated the king into killing him. And after Jesus forcefully expanding God's kingdom, the enemy arrested and crucified him. When Jesus learned of John's beheading, he initially retreated to the wilderness for some solitude, but Father led him into another forceful kingdom advance, teaching, feeding, and healing the multitude, etc. But Matthew 14 continues by showing the devil's next revengeful counterattack of force, violence, and intimidation. Let's read on to see how Jesus neutralized this one. Matthew 14:22-26 DKJV Immediately, Jesus compelled his disciples to get into the boat and to start out ahead of him to the other side of the lake, while he sent away the crowds. 23 And when he had sent away the crowd, he climbed the mountain privately to pray, and when nightfall came, he was there alone. 24 But the boat was already a long distance from the land distressed, tortured, by, breaking, waves for the wind was against them. 25 And in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went to them walking on the sea. 26 And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were terrified saying, It is a spirit, and they cried out from, there, fear. This passage describes the next battle in the ongoing war of force between the two opposing kingdoms. Jesus was praying, meanwhile, his disciples were close to perishing as they tried to follow his instructions. Thankfully, Jesus saved them. However, we learn several very important principles from this clash of opposing forces. First, although Jesus was their leader, he sent them ahead of himself on the physical journey. Meanwhile, he went ahead of them on the spiritual journey. Jesus's obedience to the call to pray may have taken him away from being a hands-on help to his disciples in their crisis. But it gave him opportunity to be a supernatural help in what was in truth a supernatural clash. This immediately gave him the upper hand in the confrontation. Job 1 12-19 NKJV, And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. 19 And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. We know from Job 1, noting particularly verse 19, that the enemy can kill humans by taking control of the elements, for example wind and lightning. And this is exactly how the enemy tried to thwart Jesus's plan to expand God's kingdom forcefully on the other side of the lake, he tried to nullify Jesus's command to his disciples, go to the other side of the lake, by sending a deadly gale. Jesus's prayer priority not only prepared him for his next move, but also provided a covering of grace to enable his disciples to receive God's supernatural help and protection. In this skirmish, Jesus himself was the one on whom that grace came, he neutralized the counter-attack. Second, we note that when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they cried out because they thought it was a spirit. This means that they mistook Jesus for a phantom, specter or demon. Sadly, this was a serious mistake for such close followers of Jesus. Yet they were right in the sense that Jesus was walking in the spirit. When we look at it like this, it is a revelation. The only one who can walk on water, especially in the midst of a storm, is a spirit, or someone walking in the spirit. After prayer and a deep loving meeting with his father, Jesus moved forward, walking in the spirit. This empowered him to move in the dimension of supernatural support for himself, he was walking on water, and supernatural covering and protection for those he led. Matthew 14 27-33 DKJV, Immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be encouraged, I am, the living God, XO. 3 14, 
don't be scared. 28, Peter answered him saying, Lord, if you are he, command me to come to you on the water. 29, and Jesus said, come. And Peter stepped down from the boat and walked on the water to come to Jesus. 30, but when he looked at the power of the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he screamed out, saying, Lord, save me. 31, immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand, took hold of him, and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? 32, and when they had walked onto the boat, the wind died away. 33, and those in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are God's Son. Keep your eyes on Jesus or sink. Peter is a disciple of Jesus, he wanted to do what he saw Jesus doing. This is commendable, and we should all follow his example in this. Thankfully, we can also learn from Peter's mistake and avoid sinking as he began to do in this story. How did Peter walk on water? First, he received a revelation that Jesus is God, Jesus said to him, I am. Then he heard from God through Jesus to come. Finally, he stepped out of natural safety onto that word. It's obvious from this story, that the relative safety of the boat was no permanent security against the forceful satanically empowered storm anyway. Why did Peter begin to sink? Was it because the wind was strong or the waves were huge? After all, if the water was perfectly flat and the wind completely calm, walking on water would still be impossible, without God's supernatural help. Therefore, it wasn't the elements that stopped him staying afloat on the word he heard from Jesus. What was it? Peter simply took his eyes off Jesus, the living word of God, but when he looked at the power of the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink. To maintain our effectiveness in the times leading up to Jesus's return, we will need to hear and see things with Jesus, and we need to keep our eyes on them and have His Word planted firmly in our hearts. First, we need His teaching as Peter and the huge crowd received on the mountain. See Mark 6:34 that shows that Jesus taught this crowd as well as fed them. Next, we need to experience Jesus's miracles and provision through another person's ministry. Then, in obedience to Jesus's Word, we need to set out to go to where He wants to use us forcefully to expand His kingdom rule. But, when we experience the inevitable counterforce, we must keep our eyes fixed firmly on Jesus and our ears tuned to His voice. This is because only as we continue to step out on a living word from Him, fixing our eyes, our attention, and our focus on Him, will we be protected from perishing, no matter how threatening the power of the stormy counter-attack may be. Jesus is the victor, and we must literally die to a life independent of Him in order to stay under the umbrella of His protection. For you died, and your life has been hidden with Christ in God. Colossians 3 3 EMTV. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith, Hebrews 12 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, Psalm 91. In all your ways give ear to him, and he will make straight your footsteps. Proverbs 3 6 BBE.